Hello, wonderful listeners. So you may have noticed that we have been absent for a little while, and that's due in part to two things. First thing is that we have had a break in our schedule, and we weren't able to record. And then two, we're actually having some difficulties with one of our recordings and uploading it. And that's what kind of has given our small break. So sorry for that, and we hope that this small episode can um, fill your glorious ear holes with some wonderful information. In a past episode, we were talking about how we would have smaller episodes about different things that we're interested in related to pop culture. And this is one of those episodes. So I am here, Seth, going to talk to you about a piece of pop culture that happened a couple of weeks ago now. Um, It's a docu-series called When We Rise. And it was on ABC, and it was in four installments, or a four-part mini-series, about an hour and a half each. And it began at the end of February and ran through the beginning of March. And this docu-series was about sort of the beginning of the LGB-specifically rights um, and kind of um, gave information about how things are interconnected. And it started um, off in the 60s, and then the series went all the way to 2015-2016. It's a pretty cool series uh, that I'll be talking about and kind of giving some of my... a uh, little insight on it, as well as some of my thoughts from it. So like I said, the series is called When We Rise. It's on ABC. And if you want to access it, I would suggest going to ABC's website and watching it there. Um, because there are no commercials. Yay! No commercials! I can watch it through the whole thing instead of waiting forever. Yes. So definitely go to ABC's website and watch it there. If you have Hulu, uh, I know that you can access it as well um, on that website. But a couple of observations that I kind of wanted to talk about was that um, th- that it sort of brings to light injustices that have been going on as well as growing for a while. So it talks about some of the rights that people were trying to fight for and the sort of build up to where certain rights are around LGBT plus folk. Uh, It also shows a great depth of LGB lives, so lesbian, gay, and bisexual lives. Um, And I'll get to talking about trans lives um, in a little while. But I thought that it showed a great depth of what it's like, what it has been like to be lesbian, gay, or bisexual in the United States. Um, Another observation that I had was that I didn't realize how interconnected certain people of certain movements were and how interconnected certain situations of certain movements or certain situations in the America's history in the latter half of the 20th century were. Um, And I really thought that this also showed how the filmmaking process must have been really hard and arduous to interconnect all of these dots. 
luckily doing I did a little research on the docuseries and found out that Cleve Jones as well as Roma May, so they're two of the pinnacle people uh, in this series um, were able to help uh, bring additional information in uh, and were considered as consultants on the um, on this series. And so I thought that was really interesting um, that they had these other people. Um, and the other person, so it, the, a little bit more information on this docuseries is that um, it weaved together three different lives. And the three different lives were Cleve Jones, Ken Jones, and Roma Guy. And it's pretty cool to see this kind of interconnecting pieces and lives and how they fit together and how they challenge one another and how they build on top of one another, um, find solidarity, find heartbreak, and it all interconnects and all interweaves um, to create certain movements, to create certain rights, to push for certain things. Um, and it all really does focus on the city of San Francisco. Um, I'm a big quote person, and I pulled out a couple of quotes from the series, and I kind of wanted to read them to you all. First quote that really hit me was, it's lonely and it's tough, and nobody believes in you until afterward. And this quote comes about because Cleve Jones is trying to push this movement of younger people around 2008, 2009, um, in regards to certain LGB rights as well as same-sex marriage, same-gender marriage. And he was kind of talking about how somebody was complaining and kind of set some reality in that situation and was like, you know, it is lonely and it's tough and, and nobody's going to believe you until after something happens and they're going to be like, oh yeah, you were right. This was actually what we needed to do. Hello, da-doi. Um... The next quote is, every compromise, every delay undermines our humanity. And this was in relation to the pushback and the contention that continuously happened on the latter half of the, of the 20th century in regards to LGB rights. And then now, um, as um, people are becoming more intersectional and realizing um, the interconnectedness of lives, LGBT plus rights. And... Um, and that these compromises that people have to make and these delays that people have to have uh, truly undermine the humanity and the interconnectedness of us humans from one another, from one another, or within one another. Another one that I thought was really interesting, and this really wasn't a quote um, of enjoyment, and it really wasn't a positive quote, as a quote from those who were trying to push against uh, those who are fighting for LGBT rights. And the quote is, shake them all up, keep them all on their toes. And I get the phrase in that, like, shake them up, like, uh, rile them up, get, like, make sure that they can't collect themselves. And they keep them on their toes. Because when you're on your toes, and in the physical, actual, like, thinking about it, you're on your toes, your calves are hurting, you're gonna tire out, you're gonna be physically exhausted. And I thought, well, why don't we like flip that quote today? And and for those who are doing the hard work, for those who are 
um, trying to influence policy for those who are on the ground, um, traversing land and trying to get signatures and all that kind of stuff. Um, let's flip that script. Let's get people who are pushing against us, who are making our lives tough, who are um, reversing rules, reversing laws. Let's, let's flip the script on them. Let's keep them on their toes and show them what we can do. Um, so let's flip that quote and, and put it against people who have been fighting against us for so, so long and continue to fight against us. Um, something that I found that was a little funny and kind of interesting were certain components or like certain pieces that came about through watching the film. And I noticed that there was these under the surface cuts that I don't know if the filmmaker decided to do or the screenwriter or the different directors of the episodes because every episode um, had a different director and I think the last couple of episodes were directed by Dustin Lance Black who was the overarching creator of the show. Um, but there was some like under the surface cuts and I thought this was interesting they did this. And one of them that was noticeable enough was that they kept talking about the tech industry in San Francisco and how it's shaping and shifting the culture that has been in San Francisco for a long time. And that the tech industry has been pushing out a lot of queer people, a lot of trans people, and other spaces around San Francisco. And then in turn, it's also pushing out some of culture that's been there for a while. So a lot of Latinx culture that has been there, a lot of Hispanic culture that's been there, and pushing those um, out of the city into other um, areas of, of uh, surrounding San Francisco. So this sort of like gentrification is happening because the tech industry has decided to move into San Francisco. And and they also kind of hinted that this tech industry is not being respectful of the culture that's been there for a while. And the culture has actually made that space, made San Francisco such an inclusive uh, and, and, and positive space and place for LGBT plus people. So that was kind of interesting. It was like a quick little quote. And it was like, oh, and I thought, I heard it and I had to rewind it. And I was like, no way. They did not just throw the tech industry under the bus. Another um, thing that I found a little humorous was in one of the scenes, Cleve Jones is meeting with the Human Rights Campaign, also known as HRC. And they quickly say, oh, we're for gay and lesbian. And at the time when Cleve Jones, and at the time in that uh, scene, it was around 2007, 2008, kind of between 2007 and 2009. And at that time, the HRC, and, I, and still today the HRC is getting some flack uh, for not being as inclusive with some of their policies that they're pushing for or some of the research that they're doing and also some of the people that they're backing politically, um, is that they're not including trans lives, they're not including asexuality, they're not including gender nonconforming, they're not including um, additional gender and sexuality or gender and sexuality minorities or minoritized people who um, have gender and sexuality that's not part of this heteronormative uh, uh, functioning. And... I just thought that was really interesting that they quickly said that. They're like, hello, we're the HRC and we're 
working for gay and lesbian rights. And it was quick enough, again, where one may not notice it, but because I've done a lot of research and because I've had a, a couple of peers who have had conversations with me and saying, like, hey, like, the HRC, while they're doing great work, there is some problematic behavior and some problematic quotes and, and actions that have happened in the past. Uh, so I thought that was an interesting kind of under-the-surface cut that, uh, that I don't know, that maybe the filmmakers or the directors or the screenwriters, somebody like that that's making the film decided to put in there. Um, on that same note of kind of like funny, quickie, th quick things that I noticed, uh, there were some additional like nerdy sort of things that I found. Um, one nerdy thing is there's a scene where they're in the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court rules uh, for that um, marriage of any kind is legal. So same-sex marriage, same-gender marriage is, is legal in all 50 states. And they highlight a couple of justices and every single time where you could, there's an angle where you should be able to see every single justice, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is always like just in it and like there's like and or whoever's playing Ruth Bader Ginsburg is just in it and at times you can see like a glimmer of her glasses and I thought it was so funny that they never showed her face and I don't know if you have to get the rights to show somebody that's living um and get their permission to sh like have somebody play them and, and show essentially essentially show their face um but you could only see a glimmer of her glasses and I thought that was kind of cute um, I thought another interesting and kind of nerdy thing is that there was a lot of connection to other documentaries and films, and I kind of want to bring those up because I'm, I love films and I love movies. Um, so one little nerdy thing is, and I said this before, the creator of this docuseries, When We Rise, is Dustin Lance Black, who was also the director of Milk. And I thought that was interesting that somebody who is a well-known gay filmmaker also is making a docuseries about LGBT plus rights and, and the history behind it. Um, another cool thing is that, and they don't explicitly say that, or this docuseries doesn't hearken towards a couple of uh, these documentaries, but because they're interconnecting people who are in additional movements in conjunction with LGBT rights um, that brings up other documentaries uh, or, or information that's from other documentaries or that it's incorporated in, in additional docus. Uh, and some of those were uh, We Were Here as well as She's Beautiful When She's Angry, How to Survive a Plague, the Times of Harvey Milk, and then Vito. Uh, so I definitely suggest trying to find those uh, documentaries. A couple of them are on Netflix, so check out that if you've got a Netflix password or you've got an additional account on one of your friends' um, accounts. Shout out to friends who allow additional accounts on their Netflix. Thank you, and uh, we appreciate your assistance and love and help.
to make us smarter and more connected to all of the films and all of the TV series. Um, so those are a couple of documentaries that are connected and have information that's connected to this, to this, to this TV show. The last thing I kind of want to leave off on is some of the things that I've learned from watching this. And I think this is important because I am an observational learner. And when I watch something, when I read something, when I'm interacting with somebody, when I am listening to another podcast, or when I am watching a speaker, I'm always trying to figure out what is the what is something that I can learn from this? What is something that I can take back uh, into my own life or into my work or into the way that I interact with people or anything else? So what can I take from this experience and apply it to whatever I want to apply it to? And I definitely did this when watching this series. The first thing is that the first thing that I learned is that there always will be doubters and the optimists will eventually doubt. So stop doubting and just do. And this component or this piece of, of um, education that I obtained was because Cleve Jones, and if you have noticed, I keep saying Cleve Jones a lot, and a lot of the series is about Cleve Jones and who's connected to him. Um, and rightly so, Cleve Jones is one of the consultants for the show. Um, but he starts to doubt himself, and it's like, hello, hello, Cleve, like, you've done a lot of work already, keep doing it, you've got it. Don't doubt yourself, you've got this. And so... It can suck and it can be frustrating at times when you know that what you're doing is right, but nobody's listening to you and you feel it in your gut and you feel it in your soul and you feel it in every single movement of, of your muscle that what you are doing is right and what you're doing is going to benefit others. And you may and, and you may be this optimist and say, this is going to work out. This is going to be great. Keep thinking that. Keep adding components and glimmers of positiveness to whatever you're doing. And it's okay to doubt. It's okay to think about the reality that that is, but also think about the reality that you can create through your optimism. Um, so stop doubting and just do. Um, the next thing is that face-to-face -face contact will always be important in any kind of activism. And you see this happen a lot in the series, is that people ask other people for help. And it's always face-to-face, -face or it's a call, a phone call to another person. Um, but it's asking people and seeing where people's strengths are and where their connections are and asking them to help. help and additionally, helping them to realize what their help is going to do and how it eventually will benefit them. Um, and this can also be in when you are trying to convince people that may not understand what you're fighting for. Um, and so the face-to-face -face contact in activism is so important 
when you are trying to convince people, as well as when you're connecting with others to create stronger solidarity. Um, using everyone's strength together is an is an important part of that activism, and and it and it's so connected to that face to face interaction. Uh, my third thing that I learned is that past efforts as well as current efforts are more interconnected than we truly understand them to be or understand them to, to what they were. And I didn't realize that Clive Jones was connected to this person and uh, Roma May was connected to this person. They're connected to that person. They've done this and they're connected to this. And it, it, it blew my mind that we are more interconnected than ever and our efforts are more connected than we really think they are. Um, so if there's ever a time where you feel like I'm not making a difference, just realize that whatever you're putting into something, whatever you're trying to do, there's probably somebody that's seen that and either inspired or is like, yes, I'm doing something similar. We should connect. We should DM, all that kind of stuff. So keep doing what you're doing. Efforts are connecting to other efforts, and it's important to also realize that other efforts were connected to other people's movements and actions in the past. Um, another important thing that I learned was we need to continue to challenge the master narrative, and I think that this series definitely does that. It provides additional narratives to what we think are pinnacle parts and pieces of the LGBT plus rights movement. And a lot of people are like, yes, Stonewall, that was it, that was this. And in the series, you'll also hear that there was another movement that happened in, in California that also spurred on some of the actions in Stonewall. And so it's... It really was a great series of saying, hey, master narrative around these LGBT rights, you're forgetting that there's a couple of other people that help with this. Hey, check this out. Um, the, and I think that for us to continue to challenge the master narrative in anything that we're learning, we need to be writing this stuff. We need to write it ourselves. If we see a story that has actually impacted something that's not being told, write it. We need to study history more in depth. Uh, we need to be creating films. We need to be creating TV shows that are challenging master narratives just like this show. Um, and we also need to remember those who came before. And this is a model that I have had um, since mid-last year. I need to remember those who came before and understand the struggles and the plight that they went through to help allow me to be as authentically queer as I am today. And it's actually, oddly enough, going to be uh, that model is an inspiration for the tattoo that I'm designing for myself. But I think that we really need to look back at our history and say, thank you for doing great work. 
and I'm recognizing you and I see you and I and I appreciate everything that you do to allow me to be authentically queer, to allow me to be authentically trans, to allow me to be authentically lesbian, gay, bisexual, gender non-conforming, so on and so forth. Um, I just think that's an important part of 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 one's own history is recognizing the past and recognizing those who came before to get us to where we are today and recognizing the other people that aren't always in the limelight of history um, is, is, is truly important. The last thing that I learned was that <laughs> whew, society, culture, law, etc. continue continuously puts people through cyclical, mental, physical, emotional assault. And you see this in this series over and over and over again. Something good happens, then boom, something bad happens. Something good happens, something boom, something bad happens. Something good happens, something boom, something bad happens. It's so frustrating and it's and you're watching this as, the, as, a, as an audience member and you're like, this is so defeating. This is so defeating to watch this. There's so much progress that was made and then something else happens. So much progress that was made and something else happens. And it's like, when is this going to give? And I think we need to recognize that those who are on the margins of society, those who are continuously minoritized, continuously marginalized, are in a cyclical assault. And when we recognize that, and for those who have privileged identities and those who are in privileged positions, when you begin to recognize that this is continuously happening, an assault on your emotions, an assault on your physical well-being, an assault on your health, so on and so forth, once you recognize this, then I think change can begin to happen. Change can be begin to foster, or we can foster change. Um, and I do also want to provide some reality to this show, and that there were some faults. Um, and one of the main faults, and it just, man, it really bothers me, is that, that I was waiting, and waiting, and waiting for trans visibility in the show. And it came through in other in, in parts and pieces, but and maybe this is partially due to the filmmakers wanting to show that, hey, LGBT rights, what we think of them today, were really just LG and maybe B. So maybe that was purposefully done uh, to highlight that trans lives, gender non-conforming lives, gender fucking lives were not thought about or were put in on the back burner. Um, but it still was just so aggravating to watch a show being freaking geeked about it and trans visibility was rarely ever there. And... And when it was there, I felt like it didn't hit deep enough. It didn't dive deep enough. Um, it was the same kind of passive feeling throughout the whole show. 
uh, throughout the entirety of the show. And the other thing that I was talking with a friend about today is that, and I thought this too, and I thought this about even the uh, documentary that was done on National Geographic called Gender Revolution, is that it felt like it didn't dive enough. It felt like it didn't get deep enough. And, and what I had to realize is that, and this is another conversation that I had with a friend over the weekend, is that this show and Gender Revolution and, and that Geo aren't made for those who are truly in the thick of LGBT plus activism and looking at intersectionality and looking at the complexity of beyond the gender binary, of looking at the complexity of trans lives, looking at the complexity of non-heteronormative spaces, so, and much more. Um, these shows are created to, I, I, and I think created one, to create, uh, to, to continue the thought process of, of America, of all of America. And then two, to help America, all of America, with understanding what LGBT history is and what it has been and what it is today. Um, and to sort of give an entryway, a foyer into LGBT plus life, what LGBT plus life is in the United States, what LGBT plus life is in the past in the United States, and so on and so forth. So while I would have loved to see this go deeper and to really get into it and just get messy, I do think that if it got too messy, it would have turned a lot of audience members away and wouldn't have kept them in their seats to continue to watch the series and continue to learn and understand something that is different than their life. Um, and I think it also is a, it, it had to be basic enough for those who are still trying to understand themselves and come into their own identities um, and say like, hey, we're here. We're here and we're queer and we're on your TV show. We're on ABC. Um, so those are a couple of my thoughts about this and about a pop culture show or show that's incorporated into pop culture. Words are failing me today. Um, but thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, we appreciate all of you listeners uh, for continuing to check up on our podcast and listen to us ramble on about queer and trans things. And, and we appreciate you all. And again, thank you so much for um, listening. Next week, Hannah and I will return to our regular longer format episodes. So please tune in then. 
Additionally, please follow us on our social media. On Facebook, we're at Queerdom. On Twitter, we are at underscore Queerdom. Also, check us out and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. If you subscribe, you'll get notifications when our new episodes come out. So that'd be pretty cool. If you want to follow us individually, you can follow me, Seth, on Instagram and Twitter at Seth Kempfer, which is S-E-T-H-K-A-E-M-P-F-E-R. You can follow Hannah on Twitter at under at haha Hannah E-S-S. And you can also follow her on Instagram at Amazing Spider Han. This episode was edited, written, and produced by Seth Kempfer. That's me. Um, I appreciate you listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day if you're listening to this during your day. I hope you have a wonderful night if you listen to this during the night. If you're listening to this during lunch, don't choke on your pizza. Um, and peace out, and do some fun things. Bye!